So acting just removes what if. Life is short. We could make our world better. And I always bring it back to Africa. Like if we agree that we deserve better, we have to create better, but we have to create it together. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head off the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head off the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we step out on faith and defy the odds. Today, we have the Barrier Breaker of the month of February 2021, and he's none other than Dr. Ismail Baji. He's Gambian-American, but his company, Innovarex, is based in the Gambia. Before he introduces himself, I'd like to give a brief description on Innovarex and what they do. Innovarex Global Health Limited is a business-to-business solutions and business-to-customer provider formed to become the premier clinical services and technology solutions company in the Gambia, West Africa. It is registered and headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina, USA, and established its first franchise in the Gambia in 2019 with prospects of franchising in other West African countries. I think this is amazing. Dr. Baji, please introduce yourself. Yes, thank you, Joyce. Thank you. Like you mentioned, I'm Ismail. I'm Gambian I'm as well, too. Lived in the U.S. half of my life as well, too. Just an honor to be here. First of all, Thank you for the opportunity. Looking forward to a good conversation. Really, really good to be here. I'm honored. That's great. Awesome. I just wanted to ask, what is the reason why you started Innovarex? Yeah, so I think a little bit of background. Obviously, I, I'm trained as a pharmacist, so I got my doctor of pharmacy from Purdue in 2013, and I was actually practicing as a healthcare professional in mm-hmm. the U.S. as well, too. They gave me, obviously, a lot of expertise because I was in school for a very long time. But also, once I started, I fell in love with community pharmacy because I just felt like you got to see what a lot of people go through just to stay healthy. But I think one of the things was interesting was I was working a lot in rural America. I lived in a city, but I used to drive an hour and a way to be working in rural communities. And it dawned on me that a lot of the challenges or what I was offering in also a remote area where there's not a lot of access, there was individuals like my mother, people's grandmothers mm. who had the same challenges to just quality healthcare. I think when you say healthcare in Africa, people never associate assurance right. with that because there's always uncertainty. So I think that's where the idea of like, hey, you know, I'm really good at doing something in the U.S., but I'm one out of a million doctors of pharmacies in the U.S., but I could take this concept as raw as it is and take it back home and give access to a lot of people's mothers, including my mother, an opportunity to get the healthcare that they deserve. And I knew technology in this day and age, I think it makes it so much easier for us to create things that were never imaginable Mm -hmm. and healthcare especially. So we leaned on technology and build a company that all we wanted to do is bring assurance back into the 
the health systems using technology. So yeah, that's how it came about. There's definitely a big picture idea in terms of where healthcare should be in Africa, but also it's deeply rooted in our personal experiences. If my grandmother died when she was 56 years old, she had diabetes and hypertension. I'm not alone. So I don't know her because she just couldn't get access to good healthcare. So it's always bigger than that. So I think in Overex, our journey was always rooted in that. Like we deserve better healthcare. So we have to start creating it somewhere. Did you always want to be a doctor though? Or is it something your parents like, you have to be a doctor? You know, it's weird because I applied for university as a civil engineer student, but two weeks I changed my major to chemistry because I knew I did not want to be an engineer. I think I started realizing early that I was always good at science, chemistry, biology. It came natural to me, Mm -hmm. but also the medical field was so diverse when I got to college, dental school, medical school, pharmacy school, right? Mm -hmm. It gave you an opportunity at an early age. I don't know why it happened, but I just started mapping out, okay, what can I do in the medical field that I could translate back home? So it's always easy to say, oh, this is why I chose this because none of my family members are in medicine. I'm the only one who went into the healthcare field. So I didn't grow up with a dad who's in the medical field or a mom, but it just worked out, I think. And the more I did research on just studying, being in the medical field, being a healthcare professional, it just aligned with being able to help make the world better. And health is something so personal and should be so accessible to everybody. So it just worked out, to be honest. I don't think I could assign it to one particular light bulb moment that I had. And I love the fact when you talk about your medical field, you're thinking about back home because I feel like that's very, very important for most people or immigrants that move to this part of the world to always think about going back and do something because a lot of people come here and then they're just lost. They just want to be here and live their life. But there are so many people that are back there that are really going through a lot. And I see this thing on Twitter or social media where people are like, oh, some people want to come back and change the system or Africa or something. And there's a problem somewhere. But I don't know. What do you think about that thought process? Because it's not like we want to change the whole thing, but the little that we can do to help people is very, very important. I mean, we're not going to be president. I mean, if we want to be president, but you know, we're not going to go and change the hands of government or anything. But what is your thinking about that? I think along the lines of what you mentioned is we do need to reimagine whose responsibility it is to build Africa. Every young African or old has an opinion about how good or bad the government is in terms of what we're not doing. But I don't think sometimes we reflect enough on what we as people are contributing to build a nation for it. And even if it's not in healthcare, in the media space, content creation, whatever it is, anytime we wait for the right person to get it done for us, we don't progress. And it's difficult too. So you look at it from both ways. But I think the benefit of leaving Africa to go to the West and having a good education is now you have perspectives from two places. That's a strength. But we could only realize it as a strength if we take all the good that's in the West and start forcefully putting it back into our systems with or without government help, with or without a masses. So there always has to be one and then people see it and then like, oh, and then there's a second and then people's mindsets change. I think we'll get there. It's just slow because we're still stuck in a colonial mindset in terms of good leaves that never comes back. But yeah, I think we'll get there. There's hope in our generation and I think our kids' generation will look at the world differently. 
That's one of the reasons for prayer because there are so many things that people find it hard to do. You know, Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change you want to see, right? And if you feel like there's something lacking, just start and do it. I know some people are thinking of finances before they start to do anything. But if you just step out on faith, like I always say on Barabika's Corner, if you just step out on faith and you defy the odds, you do so much more than you ever thought. And this brings me to, I was reading your blog. I had to read it a second time because I'd read it earlier when you had just hosted it. Yeah. And it was really good. And I like this part of the blog. It says that the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. Own the yep. fear, find the cave and write a new ending for yourself. And, you know, it kind of aligns with what Mahatma Gandhi says, being the change you want to see, you know. Absolutely. And you have to step out on faith. It's going to be hard. You're going to have forces against you. And I'm sure even when you decided to move back and start in X, you have people that will be like, oh, kid, if I just jogue America, Purunyo, yeah, do yeah. something new. And who does he yeah. think he is? You know, you have forces yeah. against you, but you have to stand and fight and be the change you know, and somebody's going to see that and be encouraged and also start years as well, whatever it is, so that we can be better. And so my question to you will be, when you took that step to move back in your mind, what was your family thinking? I guess what was in my mind was fear, right? And which is why we always conflate being courageous as something that people should praise, but it's just acting while still being afraid. Right, right. Just act. Right. And that's why faith to me, faith is such a powerful word because it's rooted in a one-on-one -on -one relationship that God put an idea mm -hmm. in your mind for a reason. So it's almost like an established notion that he knows you are capable of doing right. it if you right. choose to do it. So finances, money comes and goes. I think it's important. Financial security is important. But what got to my mind was like, okay, even it happens now and I'm like two years into not having a stable job where Innovrix is my full-time job that I'm not making money from. Mm -hmm. You still have moments where you question, why am I doing this to myself? Right. And in that moment, you have to stop and ask a better question, as in look at how many people one idea is helping. So mm -hmm. the lives that you're improving always exceeds the attrition that you're facing on a day to day mm -hmm. basis. Right. Because yeah. people will be like, why are you making so much money in the U.S. and you decide to leave that and go right. start a company? Yeah. Why do you have a house that you sell in the U.S. and put it in a business that may not work because businesses in Africa fails? Mm -hmm. So you could get a million reasons why something won't work. I really do believe in that. Cave you fear holds the treasure that you seek. So you just lean into it. You find good support and then you just take it a day at a time. That's amazing. What was your family thinking when you told them? And what, what did your family think about your decision? Well, I mean, they just wanted to make sure I was, one, I believed in what I was getting ready to do. But luckily, I started Innovrix as a company in 2015, right? Okay. So it was like at least a four to five year period from the moment I registered the company in the US to when the franchise in the Gambia opened. So a lot of work went into it. A lot of traveling, a lot of market research, obviously. So it wasn't an overnight success, okay. right? But not an overnight decision. Yeah. So my family was involved in the process to a point where they knew I did my due diligence. It wasn't just the flavor of the month idea that I wanted to do. And I had a strong conviction. So after that is just support, encouragement. And they've been the pillar behind why I've been able to do it. Because I don't think without the support system, it'll be able to happen. But they've been more supporting and understanding than maybe friends and from the outside right. looking in, people may not realize the sacrifices they 
might not realize the toll it's taken on you personally. So yeah, I think family-wise, that's been my anchor from the beginning yeah. and it still is. My wife is tremendously supportive. I don't think Innovrix will happen without a supportive partner. Mm. So yeah, that's been a good thing. That's really good. I mean, support system, especially when it comes from family, is so good. Some people don't have that. Yeah. But when, once you do, it's yeah. really, really great. When I'm doing Barra Breakers, it's like everything I'm doing. I only have sisters, so I'm sharing with them and they have really been a great yeah, support. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be pulling them and dragging them. Go like my posts. <laughs> you better get involved. <laughs> but, you know, they yeah. do it because they love it and they love me as well yeah. and they are there to support. Yeah. And I like this that you posted on your Twitter the other day when you put your daughter on the chair and you're like allowing her to be, I'm paraphrasing here right now, allowing her to be at the table where I make decisions or something like that. And I feel like absolutely it, decision making so table, important. Yeah. yeah, for us to involve our kids in whatever we do, not to disrespect yep. my parents or anything. I love what they did because your parents yeah. will only teach you what they know. But sometimes I felt yeah. like I wish my dad has involved me in some of the things that he was doing. Maybe he was trying to protect me from yeah. the hardships of what it is to be involved in that. But sometimes I feel like yeah. I wish I'd been yeah. involved so that I know more because right now I'm an yeah. internal auditor and I'm like, I could have helped you in that area. And so because of that, yeah. I try yeah. not to even involve myself because I'm like, I'm not interested because yeah. he's not interested in me being there. And I appreciate them for all the love and the things that they have done. They know why they didn't want me to be there. But I feel like for this generation now, it's very important to have our kids involved in what we are doing so that they know they are not even afraid to be out there, be able to stand firm. And yeah, what are your thoughts to that as well? No, I think it's so powerful because it just allows them to not let another entity, human being or idea place a limit or define what their value is. Mm. I have moments where I sit down and realize that, okay, I don't have any recollection of ever knowing my mom to have a boss. She ran her business that she took from my grandmother, made it into something bigger. So I always knew that if she has been able to do so much with things, the ideas that she had, it changed my perspective on going to work and just waiting for that next pay raise or waiting for that next award because you're putting limitations on that. And especially for a female, for example, my daughter, I mean, we know that when giving opportunities, females outperform men. Our society, Gambia especially, is very patriarchal. They stifle so many potentials. So from the get-go, I want to have that relationship where she realized that only she could define what her value is. And if she has that level of confidence, she could work in the world knowing that she is everything she wants, right? Right. So I think it's just important, but it has to start early because society has unintentional ways sometimes of limiting people's potential. Yeah. Because you can't think beyond a certain scope as well too. I think even Gambia struggles from that because our mindset was good grades, mm-hmm. get into you know a good high school, <laughs> university, good job, and then you're done. It's really, really important. Yeah. So when I talk about Barbicas, and I always say that the reason why I started the podcast is for me to have conversations that I wish I'd had when I was younger. And for you, what would be that conversation that you wish you had when you were younger, if you had known? One of the things I think that was lacking when I was younger is getting to know more about my identity as a Gambian and not the school version, but more 
you're of this people. These were the skills that were uniquely gifted with them. Because mm. I think it could have added a different mindset. Yeah. I think that's one. But more than anything else, too, I think financial literacy is so important. That's something I wish my younger version would have had a lot more detail because they train you to get a job, mm -hmm. not to build wealth. Right. And I think whatever it is, if you get the information at 17 and mm -hmm. not at 30, right. you have a better of knowing how to yeah. put pieces together yeah. to make sure your kids are not faced with the same stifles of a lack of financial literacy that I think a lot of us struggle from. So I think those two, for sure, more about my roots as an African, not even as a Gambian, because I think just as an African, we're all just Africans. Migration happened. Some people ended up here. And then yeah. the white people decided that we're going to call this place Ghana and Ghana, call this place exactly. Ghana. But just more our African identity. <laughs> right? Yes, yeah. More of my African identity. Stories that I think we missed of our rich heritage, our civilizations that a lot of times we don't know is a source of power. And more financial literacy, for sure. When I was younger, I think would have made some mistakes easier to avoid. I know. I can't agree with you more because I was just talking about this with my sister yesterday. So I was on this new app, the clubhouse. And one of the first yes. things I... <laughs> One of the rooms that I entered was creating generational wealth and it was so good. I had to yeah. send my sister a message and be like, you need to be part of this new app and you need to join this creating yeah. generational wealth. Cause I'm like, I wish there's some things I wish I'd known when I was younger and that financial literacy yeah. is part of it. Like how to save, how to invest yeah. or something like that. It's not at 30 that you're now having yeah. to learn that. I wish I'd known that when I was way younger, it'll help you. Yes process things, especially when you move to this part of the world and you have credit cards to deal with and how to build a good credit and all of that, yeah. you know, whether you want to go into yeah. stocks or I had a new word yesterday, I've even forgotten the name. This is something I need to know. And I was dragging my <laughs> sister. We got to do this. You have to, because it feels like the game was rigged. Like they yeah. put a blindfold over our eyes because if they tell you success is you get a good job and you mm -hmm. get a paycheck every single month, mm -hmm. they're not giving you information that you don't have to wait 30 days to make one fixed income when you could buy stock and when you're sleeping, your money is working it's for still you. still making money. There's two like... ideologies, right? Which is why financial literacy, even as African people, as young kids, we need to teach them about how money works. Because mm -hmm. if not, they'll always be working for money instead of yeah. money working for them. Because yeah. you will never generate generational wealth if your sole income is a quote-unquote good job. The game has been rigged for a while, but we have an opportunity to have more conversations where now when we have our kids at six seven, eight, nine years, we're letting them know about what compound yeah. interest is, what value, appreciation, depreciation, yeah. a lot of different things. So I think we have hope because we're aware to it. But yeah, I mean, we've missed out on a lot of opportunities because of a lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And one yeah. of the guys on the room said two hours to when his child was born, he went into stocks and all of those things. And now when he does birthday parties or if his child is having a birthday, he doesn't buy them gifts. He invests in their yeah. lives or save money yeah. for college or university or whatever instead of yeah. buying what yeah. iphone 12 max pro or the next new thing that the kids yeah. are going yeah. into invest into their lives and i was like that's a very good thing yeah. you know like instead of me buying gifts to my yeah. goddaughters and nieces and nephews okay can you put this money down into their education yeah. or something Absolutely. i think that's more important than buying them toys sometimes they need the toys but even read into uh, them absolutely. you know invest in their lives it's crucial and that's what people used to do and i think that's what a lot of cultures are built on enabling them with a better path. 
the route that we did, even some of us that do have degrees now, we took the hard way, not the smart way. We owe it to our kids to not take the hard way because right. there is a smarter way to do yeah. things. So yeah. that's definitely key. Financial literacy is key. It is. So what are the, some of the challenges you faced with InnovaRx? I think one of them, which is interesting, is no matter how good your idea is, you have to grapple with people not giving you the benefit of the doubt, mm. <laughs> as in your own people or even your own government or your own something, right? They've been consuming things that are lesser quality and standard for a while, but the adoption rate takes some time. That's why you have to be patient with the process. You have to make sure you just stay true to what it is that you want to do mm-hmm. and just keep on doing it every single day, all year round, and then you get to a point. That's one challenge. The other challenge is with any business, you need funding, you need capital, you need resources. Africa has never been a good place, especially Gambia, to get capital, to actually run a business. And on the flip side, a lot of investors from the outside looking in, they just have not been an influx of successful companies for them to trust our market, right? So Gambia, especially if you tell them Gambia first, it's not the most attractive place for investors. So you have to manage that. That's why you have to make sure there's a lot of planning and due diligence that goes into the process of building a company. That's one challenge as well too. But also even when you start operating, I think just the days to days of just running a business comes with a lot of uncertainty. I mean, COVID happened, for example. Luckily, my business wasn't one that COVID affected, but if Innovrix was a food and beverage or hospitality company in 2020, realities will be having this conversation so there's also an element of just good fortune just random serendipity happens when you least expect it stay true to why you're doing it if our why has always been we deserve gambians need to have access to better health care that's our why we want our grandmothers to live longer there's about one doctor to ten thousand gambians there's just not enough doctors but you stay true to your why and it makes the challenges a little bit easier any entrepreneur that you talk to challenges is is part of your job. Naturally, you're a firefighter, which if you don't have challenges, your company's not growing. Right. If you don't have challenges, you're just not moving in the right direction. So it comes with it. You just learn how to process it. Yeah. Keep faith, which is what you began with. So it all comes down to faith that you are doing the right thing. You even have personal fear as well, you know, even doing it. So you have to try and overcome that. I get little reminders. Sometimes someone will text me and let me know that, Mm -hmm. oh, I listened to this and it was really powerful. Powerful, or I read this and it was really great. And for me, those were days that yeah. was really hard and I didn't want to post anything or share anything. And then somebody posts that and I'll be like, mm, thank yep. you, God. Like, that's really, really encouraging. Yep. I think the biggest difference between an entrepreneur and somebody who's not is there's a level of choice mm. if all you have is a job, right? If you're an entrepreneur, your whole world could be on fire, but you don't have the luxury of shutting down personally because yeah. the business becomes a commitment where if I'm having a bad day, the company has to operate because my why is rooted in helping sick people or get helping people stay healthy. Mm-hmm. So you do things in spite of consistently. And I think that is just something that you get some getting used to it because it feels like it never stops. I mean, if you are just an office staff, not an entrepreneur, just working day to day, you can just wake up one day and say, oh, I'm not feeling well. I just have a slight hey, headache. I can't. Exactly. <laughs> this is your business. You can't exactly. say that. <laughs> You just have exactly. to keep moving and pushing because there are other people that are dependent on you, you know, so you have yeah. to do it. You can't just yeah. get up and say, I'm shutting down my business for right. whatsoever reason. A lot of people are paid staff are there waiting I, to be paid and you're telling me, I, oh, I, I, I felt some kind of way today and so I just want to close. What? <laughs> 
but we have to just keep the faith and keep moving. You don't have that luxury. You don't. <laughs> you, don't. You, know? <laughs> you don't. What are the lessons that you've learned in life? To be patient, but also hold yourself accountable first before you ever hold somebody else around you accountable. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is always to be in a reflective state, to know what's going on inside because it affects so much of your outside and just how you deal with people. That is definitely something. And patience is not just waiting. It's what's your mindset? What's your attitude while you're waiting for the right opportunity to do what you are always destined to do. It's the same thing. So that's something I've definitely learned a lot of being prepared while patient at the same time. Uh, That's definitely a lesson that I've learned. That brings me to this thing that I always say to myself when you talked about holding yourself accountable. For me, it's like, God, I don't want to even live two lives. Like, I don't want to be different. Who you see is what you get, whether I'm outside or inside. And so when it comes to Barabaker's Corner or whatever business anyone is holding, hold yourself accountable. Be true to who you are. You know, where you feel like you need to develop and do more, do more and do better so that you can be better to whoever is out there. It's very, very important. Hold yourself accountable, you know. And if you can't hold yourself accountable, get someone to hold you accountable so that you're doing right. Yeah. Absolutely. And it has to be somebody who is not your cheerleader, but loves you the most. Mm -hmm. Meaning they love you enough to tell you your shirt is wrinkled. Not a friend that's always going to tell you your shirt is fine. Right. Right. And it keeps you grounded because especially in Africa, we're still getting used to an idea of an entrepreneur in Africa, meaning somebody who has nothing trying to build something or somebody who's put everything they have to trying to build something. Because our idea of if they say Joyce is a businesswoman, they associate it with a level of wealth that's already established. Yeah. Not that Joyce has invested her whole life savings Mm, on an idea to make the world better, right? So you're constantly battling with who you are, but who society wants you to be. So we still need to understand that just as somebody has an idea or a business doesn't mean that they've reached the pinnacle of financial success to a point where business is a hobby. Maybe because so many of people who are in business, it's been a hobby. So I think that's just one of the things that it's interesting understanding the dynamic, but it comes along with it. Having people who will tell you what you need to hear when you need to hear it, it's the most valuable people you need in your life. And I'm always grateful that I have that in my inner circle. Yeah, I do too. Like one of my friends, actually my flatmate, she's like that. She'll tell me, oh, Joyce, you did this wrong. And when it comes to barrier because yeah. and I'm posting stuff, she'll be like, oh no, you have to change this. You have to change. And I appreciate yeah. that. She might not even know. Yeah. But I do appreciate it. And so I'm like, whenever I'm posting anything, I want it to be perfect so that she doesn't have anything to tell me. You know, I want to just do it the right way so that everything would just be perfect. So that when she comes back, she's telling me, oh, this is good or this is great. But not that I just only want to hear the good. But when she tells me the bad, I also appreciate it so that I can do better because I have to do better, you know. Especially in our community, the Black community, some people, especially back on my guests, they don't want to receive that. You tell them that this was not right. They see you as someone bad who doesn't want to see them succeed or anything. But I'm just here to help you. I'm just letting you know the truth so that you can be better. But I guess people need to start normalizing, accepting people, telling them that the truth truth hurts. But it's going to help you grow and be better. 
especially if you're building a business, you have to be so intentional about not choosing people who always say yes to your ideas yeah. as part of your team. Because they have this boss mentality where they're like, oh, Joyce is my boss. I dare not tell her that her shoes are crooked because I may lose my job. So they don't look at it as like, okay, well, I need to tell her this because it presents the company better, which will benefit everybody. Yeah. Right. So I think even that dynamic in terms of your team members, it's just so important to always have people who will tell you the honest truth and be able to exchange feedback back and forth. It really, really does help. It does. And when you talked about when someone invests their whole lives into their business, that's me like a couple of days ago looking at my account. I'm like, God, (laughs) this is too much. (laughs) You know, you got to help me somewhere because I know that I didn't start this on my own. You know, I had the push from you. I know I wanted to do something, but this is what I'm doing now. And I'm looking at my account. I'm like, someone will look at you out there and be like, this girl is making some bad money. But I'm like, you know, it's going to come. But (laughs) this account is not looking like it's going to come. (laughs) If you only knew. If you only <laughs> right? knew, like. Uh, that's why, honestly, I think anybody who's done that, there's a level of, I see you. Because yeah. you know somebody has gone through it, right? Yeah. And that's how you know you have a powerful idea. Like people who are creative, people who see people's problems and want to solve it using something that they're really good at. I think that's always God using us to do his work. That's why I've always seen it. Yeah. So what's money when you have God in your corner? Right. Like pushing you in the because you could make a billion dollars in a day Mm -hmm. with one incident. So there's always a balance. But I think people see security differently. So maybe we're the ones who might be on the deep end. (laughs) I know, right? I don't think people are ever going to understand until they start their own. But you know, come down with us. We yeah. are trying our best and we will get there. But yes, yeah. yes, slowly. So, you know, we talked about the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you sit. Yes. There are so many people that are sitting down there. Like I say in Barabrica's Corner, there's so much on the other side of you breaking that barrier. You would never know until you do. So what advice can you give to someone who feels like life is hard or I cannot get up and break barriers? I cannot do anything. Society might not allow me to or family would say no. They're just scared of doing anything because of what people might say or probably their inner fear. What advice can you give to that person? I think the biggest thing is one, don't ignore it, but try to understand it. And which is why anytime you're going to end back on a journey that's fearful, preparation looks like you taking deep inventory within yourself to one, see if you've done your homework within yourself. Is it a skill or if it's a product you're trying to sell? Have I read every single book? Have I done all the research? Have I done all the due diligence to know that I could put my best foot forward? Because that allows you to be a little bit more prepared. So I think you have to acknowledge it, but not necessarily accept it. It's as if when people doubt you, there's this quote from a poem, if, that's it. You always have to make room for people's doubt. If somebody doubts you, make room for it because it allows you to take inventory to see, okay, maybe I don't have all my bases there. So their doubt could be from a place of protection. But once your conviction is strong, I think you have to go for it because you make 0% of the shots that you don't take. If you could shoot 10 shots and make two, guess what? You learn more from the eight shots that you missed and you will come out of it a better shooter. That's true. That's just life in general. You fail fast and learn quick and know that failure doesn't define who you are. Not acting more than anything else is a worse feeling because it leaves you with places of guilt, 
resentment, regret, all these emotions that it takes a toll when you see some old people in their late ages putting back all these moments in their life that they wish they did something. That is so true. You don't want to get to that old age and say, had I known. Yeah, just knowing that, trusting that God puts an idea in our minds for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he puts a burden too heavy for you to carry. But always acknowledge the fear. The doubt, acknowledge it, but also just dig within and see if you've done everything you can to put yeah. yourself as prepared as possible for yeah. what it is that you want to do. And after that, jump, just jump. Also know that when you start, you feel like you figured it out or you know the reason why you started. But as you go, you see that you learn more along the way and you might not even get it right in the first place. So you have to keep pushing. You have to keep moving forward until you get it. I mean, at the beginning, it looks all like the way I started Barabica of the month. When I look at how I did it last year, by the end of 2020, there's a vast difference. Like from the editor, the person that does my blog post, when I look at what he did from the beginning, because that's what I asked and what we did at the end is way different to what we even started with in 2021. There's a vast difference. And that's what happens when you start anything. It's just like going to school. You can't be in grade 12 and they'd still be teaching you one plus one. There has to be some growth. So allow yourself to start. People will doubt you. You might even doubt yourself, but know the reason why and then keep Mm -hmm. moving forward. You're going to grow along the way and be better. When you look back, it's not to regret what you started with, but to just be grateful for how far you've come. Mm -hmm. So do you have any last words you'd want to say? No, I think... Purpose is something that's very unique because I think we are all on this earth because I think God has gifted us with one skill or two mm-hmm. that we could be the best at in whatever space that we're in. The money could go away. We, we're on earth for a very limited time. So finding a sense of purpose and aligning your improvements, your prayers, your thoughts, your ideas along what it is that you feel like is your purpose is powerful. So everybody should definitely seek that. And along the way, you don't grow from a place of comfort. So discomfort allows you an ecosystem to grow. But for example, you could look at now with all the content you've created and you didn't make it this far just to make it this far and just stop at the February edition, right? Yeah. <laughs> but if you sat and all these ideas were on a book somewhere, you'll be 60 years old looking at the book like, what if... So acting just removes what if. Life is short. We could make our world better. And I always bring it back to Africa. Like if we agree that we deserve better, we have to create better, but we have to create it together, right? Ideas, collaboration, love, removing the noise, productivity, making our lives each other, cheering people on, you know, sharing our stories. That's one thing I think we need to just do it more because everybody else has done it together for so long. The next 50 years could be really, really special for every single Black person in the world because I think we've gone through enough, especially in 2020. We did. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of brought us more together. And if we would just push more together and leave the hate aside, we are definitely going to win. In the next decade, we could be way, way better than we are now. Thank you so much for being here. It was an awesome conversation. I love it. Of course. Really grateful for you. Thank you. We're also the whole Innovrex team will be looking forward to years and years of different editions of where, you know, all the ideas that you have will come. So keep it up. We're proud of you. I'm proud of you. And thank you again for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful. For more information or to support Innovrex, kindly follow Innovrex Global on social media or at www.innovrexglobal.com. 
Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions suggestions and compliments to the bb corner podcast at gmail.com the barrier breakers corner podcast is produced by the podcast laundry production company and executive produced by joyce donkor the podcast music was written by chidi omenihu and produced by andy official in the gandia west africa Cause they can hold-